Hi, uh, I'm with Bo Roberts. He's an independent filmmaker and an actor. He's actually uh, my first celebrity guest. He's done uh, quite a few work already. He was in the movie called 300, uh, The Rise of the Empire. And I guess you've been on the Mindy Project and a few other films as well. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I really uh, wanted to talk to you about uh, your independent filmmaking and projects and because I've been kind of interested in trying to uh, do independent films myself and uh, I just wanted to get your take on it what it takes and you know what you're actually working on well, awesome sounds great and uh, on that note uh, thanks for having me on uh, but yeah if you have any questions feel free to fire away and uh, more than willing to answer the best I can yeah well thank you for uh, coming on and doing this podcast um, so tell me about your independent films that you've been making. Uh, I think you've been making quite a bit short films, right? Yeah. Uh, so one reason I got into making short films, uh, actually the very first one that I shot, I flew back home to Indiana and my wife told me, Hey, um, I want you to shoot a short film and have it, you know, go through post with it and have it completely finished before you uh, come back home. And that initially, um, I had that knee-jerk reaction that so many people do about these are all the reasons why I don't think that's a good idea. I don't have proper uh, lighting, microphone, my camera. It's a photography camera that shoots 1080p. It's not, um, you know, it's not 4K or 5K, and you know, it's like. A, and she said, "Whatever, just go do it." So I did. And didn't even really have too much of a script to go on and just completely ad-lib most of what was happening. But what that taught me was, yeah, it's like if you just run out and just shoot something, uh, vast majority of the time, you'll be surprised at what you come up with. Um, pe people that go into filmmaking tend to be, you know, very creative. So uh, all of a sudden when your back's to the wall and you just have to shoot something, um, yeah, it's like just work fall back and rely on the um, creativity uh, and see what comes of it and you know just don't judge it too hard and just like it is what it is at uh, some point and just enjoy it yeah definitely so what about like the budgets and stuff does it require a lot of can you do like a small budget film and make it successful yes uh, you definitely can and um, today more so than ever uh, for for my movie, The Great Awakening, uh, I used to lie and you know try and fluff up the the budget and make it sound you know like it was a, a big studio thing. But um, and uh, so I, I would tell people it was around twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars. But uh, honestly, uh, I made it for sixteen hundred dollars. Wow! Um, and the way I had done that was um, just. You know, year after year, I'm slowly building my gear list until all of a sudden I had everything I needed to do to make, uh, um, to actually shoot like a, a full-length feature. So uh, the last piece of the puzzle for me was upgrading my camera to something that, you know, offered the type of quality to bring in. And yeah, that was an investment. Uh, you can buy the same body of camera I have for about $6,000, which... Yeah, but back to it, that's an investment. But the next step up uh, in in the brand of red cameras, it jumps to 25000 
Wow. So comparatively, it's like, okay, now you, you can have a 6K camera that uh, a lot of people have been shooting various uh, features on. It is Netflix approved. So it, you know, in theory, you could shoot a Netflix original movie with the camera I have, and right. it only costs $6,000. To me, that's unheard of uh, five years ago. So technology's really made it simplistic to do that as well as uh so camera and then my lighting gear uh, i bought into the aperture family with a very big emphasis on having uh bicolor or rgb lights that i controlled with my phone so yeah. what the way i shot my feature is um I, I would walk over to the light and start aiming it and as i'm aiming the light i'm staring at the phone which is now my director's monitor I'm not having to drop $2,000 for a director's monitor. Um, my iPhone turns into one. And um, so I, that's how I'm making sure the angle of the light is correct. And then I walk back to my camera, switch apps on my phone, and now I'm changing the color of the light and the intensity of it. Uh, whereas, you know, option B could be working with tungsten lights to where um, if you plug too many of them into an old house, you blow breakers. So now you ha have to have um, a generator that you're constantly putting more and more gasoline into, and you have to have more and more crew members that you're going to have to feed and more people that you have to pay uh, to run uh, extension cords or stingers, uh, you know, from the lights uh, all the way out to the generator. And it, it you know, very quickly can um, build into a much larger production than what people want. Whereas today I have very powerful lights to where when I turn them on, they're at like 7% of their max power output. And I can plug five of them in, you know, in, in my home right here and have no worries just because an, an led light, it, it sips on power. Whereas a tungsten light, you get more power output, but you also draw a lot more, uh, coming from it, so yeah, so just all your equipment yourself, then like camera, lighting, all of that by yourself. Uh, sorry, uh, can you say that one more time? Oh, I was wondering if you uh, did all of the production, like the camera lighting. Are you doing that all yourself, or do you have people? Because I wouldn't know how to do any of that, to mm -hmm. be honest. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for me, uh, whenever I shot that that first short film. It was just me walking around with a photography camera that shot 1080 video, and I, I did that and had to go on YouTube a lot and just make sense of, okay, now I'm doing post-production. I, I haven't really done that before. Um, as a photographer, I, I'm used to working on pictures, but now I'm working with, um, you know, uh, actual video that I have to layer and put, like, sound effects and all of this. How do I do it? So for me, I literally just went on YouTube and it taught me everything I needed to know uh, to the point that I shot o over 10 short films and for the vast majority of them, I was the only crew member on set. So for me, every morning when I, I was having breakfast, that would be my time to take about half an hour to, you know, one hour and just watch tutorials on YouTube. So for you uh, to say that like you're, uh, 
potentially starting from scratch and you just don't know what various I have one question. Um, to, yeah. you know, nowadays they make iPhone cameras pretty good. Do you, is it possible to use like a cell phone to do everything? Because it monitors lighting and all of that by itself. So is that just not? Um, just to know, uh, like I, I would like to start off reminding uh, you and everybody that watches this that the best camera is the one that you have. So if you only have an iPhone camera to work with, rock on with it, you know, and just enjoy the process. Uh, with that being said, um, when I, I've had some people ask me, you know, uh, in photography, what camera should they buy? And I tell them, I could not care less what brand you buy into. Just make sure it has a manual setting uh, to where you learn shutter speed, uh, ISO, and your aperture or f-stop. And because um, if you rely on on technology to do it for you, sometimes a certain lighting setup can trick the camera and it does weird stuff you're not really intending. And you really have a very low ceiling on creative control to where it's like, oh, this is just how it looks. And that's the only thing I have to work with. Whereas if you shoot something that has a manual setting, you can learn how to tweak it. And that's where, for me, watching a lot of YouTube videos, I did that for about five years. So after five years, some of it stuck. And um, yeah, and just work, uh, working on these short films, everyone I went out to do, I had an objective in mind. Uh, best majority of the time, I could not care less about the storyline, the dialogue, because for me, I'm like, I just spent three months only, <clears throat> excuse me, only learning about this type of lighting setup and how to achieve it less use light to make it look like it's dark outside. How do I do that? So uh, I use short films as a way to kind of have a homework assignment to practice what I had been uh, training on. So are you planning on making like big budget or not big budget, but big Hollywood style movie at some point? Uh, yeah, uh, for me, going into kind of a union situation to where, you know, I'm working with big temple companies like Fox and Paramount, that's something uh, I am definitely interested in and interested in, uh, you know, professionally, but also creatively because those are the big boys for the big toys. And, you know, it's just uh, all of a sudden I can begin creating literally with no budget in mind, whereas... What, um, one thing uh, I encounter in indie filmmaking is <clears throat> some people stay true that when you write, you're supposed to write with no budget in mind. But in this indie realm, like for me to shoot a, a, a feature length movie for $1,600, I'm like, at some point, you have to get practical with what's possible for you to do and what's possible for you to pull off. So, yeah, shooting some big blockbuster, that's something uh, I am looking to um, grow into. But right now, you know, I'm still growing in some areas and still having fun with uh, indie so filmmaking. how come you decided to make your own films? Because you also have a career as an actor, too. And you've been in pretty good projects. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. so are you still acting or...? Um, I haven't really pursued acting since I would say even late 2018. It's, um, 
the more time I've been spending behind the camera, the more I, I've been falling in love with it. So um, just, yeah, like uh, acting is very introspective and it's kind of helped me deal with some issues. And then you have the fun side of like, oh, I'm doing an action movie and, you know, just like, you know, it's fun. Uh, but as a storyteller and director, now all of a sudden I'm the one uh, coming up with a story and deciding how I want to tell that story. Whereas in acting, I felt like, yeah, this is awesome and great and all of these various attributes. But at the end of the day, I'm helping somebody else tell their story. So, yeah, just kind of the story, overall storytelling process is something that has my attention. Uh, well, I would love it if you were in one of my movies. But, um, I mean, I would, the reason why I was looking into this is because I thought, you know, if I could make a couple of Christian movies down the road, uh, low budget style initially, um, to be able to get it kick started, you know. So I, uh, you know, what would I really, because I don't think I can manage the camera and the lighting. I think I can do other things, but probably mm -hmm. not that. So that means I would have to hire those people to manage all the, I'm good at editing, but just not like shooting and all that stuff. Yeah. And I would need somebody to help me write the script. Uh, and then, so the, at a minimum is probably like the script, the camera and the lighting and the sound, right? Those are like the four essential things. And then you bring in all the actors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, just, of course, the production, the story uh, begins with the idea and the script and um, where that's going. Um, and then if this is something that you're kind of jumping into the helm and steering the ship on it, uh, that is telling me you're like the producer on it as well. And you're bringing everybody together. So when you're having someone develop the story for you that's when uh, i would definitely go back and um remind them hey this is exactly uh, what we have to work with this is you know we have these locations we can shoot for free this one um we have to spend some money so we can only spend one day at this location so don't put 25 pages at this place you know so you have to really make sure of everything you have to work with um, and then set the parameters so the writer creates a story that um, is actually feasible for you to pull off. And um, so that would definitely be a big thing. And then uh, after that, um, depending on, on budget, that really comes into bringing people on that you, um, um, you know, can afford or if people are having to work for free. So, uh, is there a budget in mind already to where are we talking like complete micro budget filmmaking or is oh, it jumping definitely. up to like, yeah, no, it's micro for sure. Cause I would have, to it. so I would say 5,000 or less. I mean, if you did yours 1600, mm -hmm. I didn't even think that was possible. So 5,000 would just mean hiring the, you know, the needed people to run the equipment. Right. And get the script, and the actors are probably going to get unpaid, unfortunately, until something happens. You know, yeah, I can do it at the back end if somehow this, you know, the first movie actually made any money, then they're all welcome mm -hmm. to buy. You know, but if it's just a free thing, 
then we're all, I'm just going to be funding it, you know, initially. I got you. So yeah, then if you're looking at $5,000, um, the, the main thing that's really going to take a big chunk from your budget that a lot of people don't really acknowledge or don't like to have, have to acknowledge is feeding people. Um, you have two meals per day that you have to feed people. And so everybody that comes on, uh, you have to look towards maybe, you know, $25 per day to feed, you know, one, one crew member. And then you even have to have a separate budget aside for like as much water as would humanly be needed. And then, um, from water, you also have like some crafty. So like, I don't know, some fruit snacks, uh, cheese puffs if you want, but, um, so I have to it, feed them well. Yeah. Um, and feeding people well and treating them well definitely goes a very long way to where it's like, Oh, we're, you know, we're, you know, trying to make this thing happen. So we're going to have to ragdoll it and work 14 hour days. To me, I'm like, some people do that, but especially if people are work, uh, working for free. It's like you, that almost comes into kind of an abusive type of, um, uh, film set to where it's like you're expecting people to drive maybe half an hour to get to you, half an hour to get home, break for half an hour uh, for lunch, and you're working 14 hours. So all of a sudden, their entire world is consumed for like 17 hours yeah. um, per day, and then they have to go home and sleep, and they still have a life they have to do. So, yeah, um, so uh, overall morale is something I would um, really keep in mind. But yeah, that's... What if you covered their costs for at least being there and fed them well, treated them well? How many days would it take to do a, a short film? Like, say, half hour? Uh, oh, it, it, if you're just doing a short film uh, and a half an hour, that's an interesting runtime because it seems like most of them go for maybe 15 minutes. or Because um, I, I think 45 is the threshold going into uh, what could qualify as a feature film. Um, uh, it would definitely help if you um, did research and made sure of that on your own. But uh, I think 45 minutes, that's like baseline, um, you know, for a feature. Or maybe that's just for a documentary. But yeah, um, doing it for a half an hour, uh, I would ask the question, like, what are you needing um, 30 minutes to do that you couldn't do in 15 minutes because for 15 all of a sudden now you can potentially look at a one or maybe two day shoot schedule um yeah but if if it's half an hour then it takes multiple weekends and making sure that you know let's say the casting crew tallies up to 10 people and you have to make sure 10 people are free on these days and those days and if you have one scheduling uh, confliction, you know, it can really throw a wrench in everything. But, you know, if, if you can just get people to set time aside for just this one weekend, getting people to work for free, um, so I, I think... two-day two project to finish it off, right? To yeah, to, to go to camera and shoot it. Uh, yeah. That That's... And, you know, that's also keeping in mind... Um, your setups and scene changes, that's where most productions uh, hemorrhage time. So it's not so much hair and makeup, but like, okay, we, uh, we have coverage on you, 
now let's get coverage on me. So we have to move lights around and we have to adjust things. And, um, you know, so if you only have one person in that department, that may take a while. And then if you're having to go to three to four different locations in one day, just doing a company move will just blow out so much more time than what a lot of people think. So, you know, that, that goes back to like crafting the story on, um, you know, what's, what's feasible and what is possible. So if you're doing 15 minutes, if you only have, uh, one camera person, that's going to pull, pull their own focus. If they're going to, uh, change their own lenses, like if they don't have an assistant, uh, you just have to be, uh, cognizant that you know that may take time and if you only have one lighting person then that's really going to hurt so you know I, I would say two people would definitely help but, but um, you said hair and makeup does that mean that's a separate person too uh to be completely honest uh when i did mine yeah and um you know on on the union scale you have somebody for hair somebody for makeup and they are two separate jobs in the indie world more times than not, um, you have one person to do both. On mine, I was very open and honest with the uh, with talent. I said, "This is as no budget as as a full length movie can get." So you're doing your own hair and makeup, and it is it is what it is, yeah. you know. So uh, that was a decision I had made, and um, you know, conveyed it to talent, saying, "Hey, this is how I'm getting down." Um, if you're on board with that, we, we can talk further. Uh, so, you know, back to that and the whole thing with, um, the, uh, you mentioned, um, not paying actors up front, but giving them points on the back end. Yeah. For me coming from, you know, working on camera for 10 years, um, I very much changed the way I decided to interact with people. And it's so a suggestion that I would say is just give them the very blunt and honest truth to say, Hey, I'm looking for people who want to update their acting reel or do it for passion and have fun with it and do it for those reasons. If you're doing it for money, this may not, it's yeah, probably not the uh, right project for you. Right. Cause then it's like when people read that and they're reading it before they hit submit, uh, to submit to uh, audition, they they know what they're walking into, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, oh, so yeah, it seems fun, you know, take part in a short film and, or yeah, you know, it's been like a year, you know, with COVID and stuff since I've been on set. This this can be a way for me to get back on set and kind of freshen up um, my acting reel. So that's how I think you would find those people opposed to people that, think they're going to be paid but then it you know especially if it's a short film you would have to look at dropping maybe 15 to twenty thousand dollars uh to in, enter short films uh, travel to a um or sorry enter a short film uh, festival travel um stay you know stay in the hotel like the cost of doing it but if it's just a short film i would just but I would suggest just ripping the band-aid off and saying it's non-paid. Yeah. And just, well, yeah. I mean, that'll definitely be the case. But so would it be like too hard to do a feature film the first time around? I mean, if I'm going to do it. Um, it, it. If you're doing it, um, how many short films have you done? 
Zero. So zero. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I would very strongly suggest just do a couple short films, just so you can, like, you need to have some set experience. Yeah. And for me to shoot my uh, first feature, that you know, that's after I was on camera for ten years, and then I worked as a crew member on other people's movies um, to where I was the head of the uh, transportation department. I was um, an assistant director on like six movies. Um, uh, you know, I worked as a camera operator and um, worked as a, a grip, you know, to help with lighting and stuff like that. So I, I worked on other people's projects um, ranging from like, you know, $200,000 up to, you know, 5 million. Um, and all the while I'm taking notes and I had like five years of, eating breakfast and watching YouTube tutorials to learn terminology, camera movements. And it, like, there is such a, uh, it, it's such a world that, you know, just to jump in and try and blast up and shoot a feature. There's a lot more involved. That, no, I, I do get that. Yeah. I was only thinking because I would have to have that first budget. So I don't want to waste it, you know? So like, I want to make something that's meaningful and, I can get it out there, you know, even if it's a short film, because mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'll get that second opportunity. So I have to do it everything the first time around. And so I'm just, I mean, I've done like little creative stuff on my own. So I kind of have a little bit of an idea, but the whole set thing, you know, where I'm not that technical, so I'm not going to be doing the camera work and lighting. Mm -hmm. Somebody else has to do that for sure. After that. Yeah. You know, I can direct it, I can do editing, I can do a lot of other stuff. I just can't shoot the footage. Uh, or I could, right. but I wouldn't know how to, I don't want to deal with the camera stuff when I'm just like wanting mm -hmm. to do what I want to do. So, but you know, we'll see. That's why I was just trying to, because I've kind of worked in different areas of other filmmakers where I got intrigued by what they were doing too. Uh, I wasn't on the filmmaking side. It was on the business side. Um, but speaking of that, did you have to get any permits or stuff for any of the locations? Um, uh, uh, on my movie, yeah, it was a very much true to form guerrilla filmmaking. Um, and that's where finding out where you can shoot for free comes into play. Um, and, and even if a place grants you permission to film there for free, technically uh, you're still supposed to have a film permit, but uh, you know, it sounds like you're probably going to lean towards doing like a faith-based content type of thing. So maybe the church lets you film um, some scenes and shots over at the church. Right. So if, so if you have everybody inside in my brain, I would say, Oh, we're, we're, you know, safe from, um, you know, like being shut down because we don't have a permit. Uh, if you're outside in the parking lot, you're probably still safe. But it's more like if you're expecting to get a shot walk of someone walking down the sidewalk on Main Street, that's where it's like you might have somebody come up and ask what's going on. And, you know, um, which, uh, again, it goes all the way back to uh, working with a rider to to make sure that you know they're not going to put something like that in the script because then when you actually have to go out and shoot it um all of a sudden you're on main street and and a police officer walks up to you and you don't have an answer for them and then you're kind of at their mercy on if it looks like a professional film set 
um, you know, they, they can shut you down, confiscate uh, uh, the camera and say it's evidence if they want, and you can get hit with a pretty big fine. But if, uh, you know, if you shoot scenes in, inside your home, on your property, or, you know, just back to it, shoot inside of the church and whatnot, then um, that's where I would start feeling a lot more comfortable about shooting with no uh, permit. And what about um, like insurance, film insurance for? Yeah, that that's that's something uh, um, that even though you know I, I barely had two pennies rubbed together, I, I knew as like I have to have production insurance. I, I'm at least going to feed people well. I am going to have proper uh, insurance, um, and then the the uh, next thing that I would say is an absolute must have. It has to be sound, um, like a, a sound person actually on set, recording sound. Uh, because you, you have the adage, if it doesn't sound good, it doesn't look good. But yeah. more, more over than that, like trying to deal with bad footage and post-production, it, it's a complete nightmare. Like when, when people are moving on camera, like if you really watch uh, TV shows and movies with a more critical eye, People, they're not always in focus. It's not, you know, it, that's not always perfect. And you can see lighting that's uh, a little less than 100% here and there. But the moment you have bad audio, it is a blatant slap in the face to whoever is watching it. it, it it's a very jarring experience. Mm -hmm. So production insurance, uh, feeding people correctly, and having proper sound on set, I would say would be the three, you know, must-haves. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Um, after that, it's just yeah. You really just have to see what all you have worked with, and that's where, if it is filming on an iPhone, and that you know that's all you have, then again, more power to you. <laughs> well, the format of iPhone would actually work. You know, like I, I guess there's different like speeds for film, right? That it's technical film stuff. Like, um, well, per I, second or something like that? Yeah, like, um, the technical aspect on shooting on an iPhone, there's a movie called Tangerine that came out, um, probably at this point seven years ago, mm -hmm. and it was shot on, it was shot on an iPhone, and it, it got a lot of, um, buzz because it was a feature film shot with a smartphone. Right. Um, but the, the issue is, when people talk about 4K and how oh the TV is in 4K, the camera shoots 4K, and my phone shoots 4K now, and that's great. What a lot of people don't um, know is the difference in the sensor chip. So the image sensor inside of your phone is going to be a lot smaller than what's what's in like my red camera or an RA or Black Magic camera. Mm -hmm. So when you put that up onto a screen, it's gonna you know, stretch, and you will have some uh, image quality loss that happens. Okay. Well, maybe I'll just experiment with the iPhone first before getting all that other stuff. Um, I have only a few more minutes left before this mm -hmm. will shut me out. So uh, what about, like, you as an independent filmmaker, uh, like, reaching out to, because you're already in the community with well-known actors and stuff, would you ever consider like working with well-known with the indie films or they just don't ever want to touch that stuff? 
it's um, like the, the story really has to call out to them. And that's where, you know, kind of coming correct is a big part of it to where, um, you know, it's like you, you need the job to get the experience, experience to get the job. It's very similar to shooting with celebrities to where, um, like, for instance, um, I was the director of photography on a short film a couple of weeks ago, and you had some kid on a TikTok that apparently his manager was a bit wary of him coming onto the project because they they had no idea who I was. And I'm like, well, social media TikTok is a lot different than actually shooting a, a film, but it was in the manager's brain that, oh, well, um, you know, looking at his stuff, I don't see him with a major celebrity on his uh, on his, his reel yet. So I'm hesitant for you to, you know, kind of be that first big one. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, like with it being faith-based, yeah, I would definitely uh, go online, find out which celebrities um, are uh, faith-based that align with you. And then, you know, just try and reach out to them when you have, you know, like a script that you can already send them. Like if you say, well, I'm conceptualizing it or, you know, somebody's writing the script, like that's, that's uh, not a good sign. So uh, just don't get too excited Uh, Mm -hmm. when you actually have a finished script and then you've gone through a revision, another, and then another, that's when it's like, okay, I'm ready to shoot this. Let's go out and start doing some casting. But yeah. when you work with celebrities, that's when, okay, are you going to put someone on a plane and fly them out? Because if it's a uh, talent, it, um, typically you have to put them in first class. Um, you're going to have to put them up in a hotel. Um, it, you're going to have to have a personalized driver, drive them from point A to point B. So it's a very different experience when you try and scale up like that. And, you know, those are things that, back to it, it goes into when you shoot a, like a, a feature or when you're trying to scale up, that's, you know, I probably mentioned one or two things. Um, maybe you hadn't thought of like, Oh yeah. Um, he has to be first class or, you know, he has to have a personal driver essentially on hand. Um, and that's why, you know, if you just start off with a short film, just do it just to say that you've done it before. Yeah. It makes sense make sense of how to improve um that's something that you know i'm a big uh opponent for like yeah just go off shoot it see what worked what didn't how to improve and just keep going and then take it from there for sure you helped a lot just to understand the whole process stuff um so just having one more minute left um are you going to be are you actually in your own films or I I have two scripts I've come up with to where I kept myself in mind for the lead character, but I've come up with about maybe 13 uh, feature length projects or actually one of them is a TV series. And uh, out of all of that, I have a small supporting character on the TV series, but then just uh, two features with me in mind for them. Other than that, it's like, no, th- this is a story. I'm wanting to be um, uh, the creator and director of this stuff. So I- I'm not going to try and do too much. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And um, mm-hmm. 
was really a pleasure speaking to you about all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to watch some of your movies again because I didn't realize you were doing all those big budget mm -hmm. movies. So I'm going to watch the 300 again and look for you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I'm s s somewhere, you know, shirtless and screaming. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. And hopefully we can speak again someday. And yeah. maybe even in my movie that I'll eventually come up with. Um, all right. Well, you have a great day, and I'm going to sign off. Thank you. All right. Take care.